You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 104 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What's new in your world? You have been actually on an impromptu trip, uh, trip overseas, haven't you? It was so random. That was totally um, random. I just was... sort of like you were here and then I said, where are you? Where and are you, you said, I'm in Bali. And then the next thing I said, where are you? And you said, I'm back. It's just yeah, it was very close. Strange. I think it was like four days that I was away for. Uh, yes. It's close though. It's only um, five hours. From uh, Melbourne? If you get the yeah, if you get the right flight. God. So, um, yeah, it was beautiful. Um, and so I, I did uh, a couple of um, uh, tutorials for the uh, uh, gold members over there and uh, I went for a bike ride. I had a, had a Balinese Stella. Over oh, there, so a about. bike ride as in a motorbike ride or a scooter yeah, ride? Yeah, 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 I had a scooter, I got a Vespa, had an orange one just to stand out a bit and mm. uh, I actually drove from Semenyak to Ubud, which I thought would it's be a, a lovely, way. lovely scenic mountain uh, kind of a ride, beautiful through rice fields, but it wasn't, it was no, hot. I, I, got I don't know what, what possessed you. And, yeah, that's, sometimes I don't think things through, Val. Did it occur to you that no one has ever spoken about the lovely motorbike ride from Seminyak to Ubud? Listen, and in my head, when you I go to Ubud, even in a car, it takes hours. That's why I didn't want to go in a car because I don't like to sit in a car in traffic mm. for like four hours. I thought on the bike it's going to be really quick and it was quicker mm-hmm. and the last half hour was beautiful, Val. Okay. It was. It was amazing. <laughs> what did you uh, so, do in Bali? I shot a lot. I relaxed a bit. I uh, 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 sort of just um, needed a break, really. Yes. Fair enough. Great. <laughs> yeah, and was, did you was, get a break? Uh, yeah, I did. And uh, I, did, I did a lot of um, – uh, like not having my phone with me and things like that, so I could just like detox from digital noise as well. Right. Uh, so there was a lot of uh, staring at uh, at water and swimming and uh, mm. just 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 getting back to like doing chilling, so that I could be uh, all filled up and inspired again, Val. So which now is that you're back, now that you're mm. back, what are you up to? So I've come back and uh, I've just done a uh, a big lifestyle shoot, uh, mm. which uh, out in the country, uh, which was was fantastic. So we were working with uh, uh, a fantastic uh, stunt dog and uh, a stunt and dog. Kid. 
He was so clever. He was so – you know the dog on The Simpsons where, where um, uh, there's this episode where um, Bart g- uh, gets a new dog uh-huh. and uh, the dog's really clever and it does stuff like it makes some breakfast and things like this. This was like a dog like that that was just so clever. Okay. And I'm looking at it going, you know, I was just in between shots just playing catch with the dog and things like that. But he Aww. was like so good. Like I imagined him going, Gina, I think the light's dropping. You need to just open up a stop at this point. That's what I just pitched to him. He was that smart a dog. That, but he, but just to have the luxury of being able to have a dog that would just drop, sit on cue, wait, oh. wait for his master, and then walk through the frame whenever we want. And the poor models uh, felt like they were invisible because it was just like it was all about this dog that just oh, completely cute. stole. It was the cutest thing. In and then oh. I said I said. Sent you in from Bali, Val. Did I send you a photo of the oh, monkey yes. with the kitten? So cute. I haven't posted it on social media yet because I'm not sure what to do with the shot because I loved it so much. So cute. <laughs> but um, the most amazing sight I've ever seen. Like, just happened to be walking on the beach and this guy owned kittens and a, mon- and a baby monkey and puppies three puppies and they all sleep together oh sweet and the monkey like thinks it's a cat i don't know what the monkey thinks but like every time (laughs) uh, the monkey was afraid or another dog would come close the monkey would cuddle the kittens it was the the cute so it's been a lot of uh i've been working a lot with animals yeah so it seems and so what does, have you been doing? Well, it did, I was just going to say, does Gary, um, you know, sit and, and drop and walk on command? So, no. No. Pretty, okay. Well, listen, no, well, if I've got food, he will yes. possibly sit maybe, but he's not. He's just not well behaved. He's got – makes up no. for it in other ways. He's got personality, Val, but okay. like – Okay. Let's not go there, shall we? Okay. <laughs> well, how about let's get into uh, this week's podcast. But sure. before we get into this week's topic, which is three simple ways to improve your product. No, what am I saying? I'm not, my, my brain isn't here today. Three simple ways to improve your photography. Yeah. We have a listener question from Danielle. Yes. And Dan- yes. Danielle put up a question in the Facebook group. And if you want to join the Facebook group, it's free. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook. And Danielle said, help, at a wedding, flash has stopped working. I have a pop-up flash on camera that does work and I'm using a 35mm prime lens. Now at the reception, which is indoors, any hot tips? So even though our, your response, our response now is going to be too late because yes. Danielle will have finished her wedding by the time this yes. episode comes out, it's still an interesting question. Yes. And um, hopefully, Danielle, you got some good answers on that one. Yes. Yeah, she did. She got some great, and that's what I love about the community, Val. Um, yes. How helpful and supportive uh, everyone is in there. So, like you know, she posted, and I I saw I saw the post uh, a bit late because it was overnight that this post came in. But I mm. saw that people had responded to her instantly to, yes, to help fantastic. her out, which is fantastic. Good um, on you, everyone. That's brilliant. All right. So, what it, it, would your advice be? So this is like. You need to go out into photography and just assume that uh, things 
does do you know things do go wrong Val and so you should yeah. kind of have a contingency for you know stuff uh, happening and uh, just kind of have a few things uh, up your sleeve just in case so I thought that it would be good to answer that question for this so she her her flash that she was using um, somehow cacked itself so uh, I think it was an issue with the batteries or it overheated so firstly uh, I kind of try and have backups of everything yeah. when you're shooting weddings if you're going to be a professional wedding shooter this is absolutely crucial that you have two cameras and two flashes uh and like sort of a backup of everything just in case cause stuff goes wrong and it's the kind of event that you you just can't afford to say we'll come back tomorrow and do it again you know um so i think that's that's uh that's first of all and always make sure you're backing up files uh and and covering yourself that way because it can't be repeated the next, the next thing, and and obviously uh, that that wasn't the case. She only had one flash, so she did have her pop up flash that that was uh, on the uh, the actual camera. So they're like a tiny, tiny, tiny mm. little flash. They pop up, and uh, they're notoriously uh, it's ugly lighting. They're 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 really it's so the smaller the light source valve, the harder the light's going to be. So uh, those not not very attractive. So ideally. Uh, if if you can carry around and just go and put some in your kit right now, even if you if you're using a speed light, uh, just have uh, some either some tracing paper, some baking powder, some tissue paper, or a uh, a, a little portable. Um, a softbox or um, something like, you know uh, how you get your milk when milk comes in those plastic bottles that's sort of, um, uh, it's a whitey, opaquey sort of stuff, you know that stuff yes, that milk yes. comes in? So yes. you just like uh, next time instead of uh, throwing throwing the whole um, bottle in the, um, when you finish with it into the recycle, just cut off a couple of uh, squares of it small squares mm. and put those in your kit uh, with the famous gaffer tape that those over those little pop-up flashes diffuse the light beautifully so there's either tracing paper in your kit or that some of that little bit, little bit of plastic put that yes. over the little pop-up flash and it'll soften it and so it'll give it like a like it'll just make it look a lot a lot nicer to and the if eye. You're, if you're desperate and you've forgotten those things, go into the kitchen and ask. Let's go into the kitchen at the yeah. Someone mm. will have something. You'll be able to MacGyver something. So that would have been a great episode of MacGyver. They should do a MacGyver photography uh, show. <laughs> the MacGyver has started again on television. Yes, I know, mm. I know, I know. I haven't had a chance to watch it, but I, but I will. But imagine mm. a MacGyver challenge for photographers where they yeah. drop them on a night. Oh, Survivor MacGyver. Yes, Survivor <laughs> MacGyver. And they drop all these photographers into a remote location. Everyone gets a, an SLR, but they have to make their own solar-powered charges. <laughs> and you have to hunt and, and, and all of that. As well, so it's everything to do with Survivor, and then like let's make it a dating show as well, just to right. make it interesting. Val, okay, let's make it a dating Survivor MacGyver Bachelor, the Survivor MacGyver Bachelor, and the <laughs> Bake Off. <laughs> oh, my favourite show because they have to bake, they have to cook their dinner, and then they get they they have to cook it. Oh, this is actually good. They cook it and then they photograph it. 
Oh, yes. How good is that? <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I not? There you <laughs> That's go. Hilarious. Um, so uh, back to Danielle. Yes, sorry. Um, Danielle. The other thing you can also do is uh, not use the flash at all and crank up the ISO on your camera and just shoot uh, using available light and so often if it's uh, in a reception unless it's like midnight and there's nothing no light um, you can probably get some uh, quite nice shots and you can do little uh, little tricks like use your iPhone to light the uh, the, yes. light the people up uh, I find it like I've always got a torch in my bag yes Val. So yes. the torch could act as uh, some kind of light. You could grab a um, uh, a lamp from the reception and use that uh, to light your models uh, mm. as well, the bride and the groom. So, like, you can get away with a light when you crank up your ISO. And the other yep. thing is you want to shoot as wide open as possible. So on a 35, you probably – on a prime lens, you probably would have been able to use an aperture of maybe 1.8, uh, mm. even the, the sort of the end entry-level ones, which is very fast, so there would have been plenty of light to shoot um, in that sort of scenario. So there's sort of a few things. Uh, a bit late, Danielle, I'm sure you got some um, some ripper shots and uh, what a stressful thing to have happen to oh, you. so stressful, oh yes. Oh, my God. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So we want to give a shout-out to Dave M. Clark. Now, Dave M. Clark has left us a review and rating on iTunes. Thank you so much. And he has said, new to the show, and I'm hooked. I find it very digestible, and lots of my very own questions are answered in a straightforward way. I'm very much just a homeschooled slash internet article trained photography hobbyist, but every day I'm tuning in to the backlog I have to catch up on. If you have time for some constructive criticism, I'd love it. He has, um, Dave has an Instagram, and it is a.dave.com in dot the dot life so a dave in the life with full stops in between or periods as our american friends might might say uh and i have checked out david's instagram and it's fantastic david describes himself as a melbourneite in london and um i think he's done a great job with his uh shots don't you gina yeah, I actually can't get the link to open for me, Val. But I had a shot when I, uh, I had a, I had a look uh, when I, um, when I saw this uh, review, Val, and and it's mm. like a lot of uh, um, architecture shots as well, aren't there? And, there's just uh, street shots. So, for example, yeah. there's um, there are some really good um, architectural shots where he's got some great angles and great lines, but also just some shots, say, of um, on the train um, where he shot some people in front of him who is sleeping shots of the street of people walking down the street of a truck there's a great shot i really love at baker street station in london where he has actually focused on the baker street station tube sign on the other side on the platform opposite but a train is going through and so the train is blurry but the sign on the other side of the train is actually in focus so he's done a really good job there clever yeah very clever some great um uh you know scenery scenes of canals and that sort of thing but yeah there are quite a number of really good um i think what um you you seem to like dave are the architectural shots of buildings that are from really unique angles and perspectives um particularly from low down and just capturing and framing them in such a way that um, 
makes it really just just a really interesting perspective. I think well done. Fantastic There you go, Dave. Job. You get an editor's perspective, which is awesome. So fantastic. Great yeah. work. Well done. Great eye. Definitely a great eye. And, um, yeah, just, just really, really clever. Lots of variety. There's some people, um, you know, I think maybe there, there might be his friends uh, in there. It's a really great shot uh, I love of a um, – it's of Highgate Cemetery, but it's this it's obviously a very old cemetery because the tombstones are all um, leaning and, uh, you know, almost you can barely almost read what's on it because they're so old and it's overgrown. It's, it, it's the, the floor is covered with uh, ivy and it's, it's very, very green and it's just like straight out of a movie. I think that you've obviously got a really good eye, Dave, and, um, you know, keep on going and thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Really appreciate mm. it. And Thanks, also really Dave. appreciate your, um, your review. Thank you for that. Favourite name, Dave, for anyone who does anything, Dave. I love it. It's just a cool (laughs) name, don't you think? Yeah, okay. It's a good name. I I love the Instagram. I love Dave. I love the Instagram handle, a Dave in the life. It's very clever, isn't it? Yes. So um, if you do have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it uh, because it really helps us in the rankings. And thank you also for everyone who's left us uh, feedback on our mini-sodes or our in-between-isodes where we've just got short, sharp, snapshot episodes on a particular question or topic that uh, we release in between regular programming. Anyway, this week's topic is three simple ways to improve your photography. And I was intrigued when I read this topic, Gina, because I did wonder what three simple ways Mm -hmm. you were going to pick. So where do we start? Well, so this whole episode, Val, was inspired by uh, all the amazing images and feedback we got from our show us your pics hashtag, one of my favourite <laughs> hashtags so yes, far. it's one of my favourite uh, as well. <laughs> hashtag so, show us your pics. Mm -hmm. But what we had is this perfect little um, experiment here, Val, over the last two years uh, where uh, there have been a lot of podcast listeners that have been with us from like day one. Yes. And uh, what we asked everyone to do is to post uh, a a sample of your work from when you first started listening to the podcast to Mm. uh, today. Uh, and, And the results were incredible. But what I did notice, was that there were really three things that stood out um, that really made a big impact uh, on everyone's photos. Three very simple things that we will go into shortly, Val. But before I want – and it was like a very distinct, clear pattern. Like I'm sure you could say that about writing, you know, if you wanted to take your writing to the next level. Are there three things – that you would find that like stand out across all um, authors who are trying to develop their style? Yes, probably. Yeah. Yeah, Yes, but I can't think Uh, of what they are right now. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to put you on the spot like that. But but I think it's in uh, all different, uh, uh, you know, uh, genres, you know, painting, I could probably, you know, describe it. But there's also um, the thing that I noticed as well is that um, uh, a lot of uh, photographers uh, will be surprised at the, 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 the changes, that there were certain changes that made 
far less of an impact. And, you know, I know that people would think if I did this, my, my work is going to improve, you know, a yep. lot more. But right. it was actually the impact was a lot less than yeah. and than the three things that I'm going to point out. So I want okay. to go into those first, Val. Waiting so, with bated breath. Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, I didn't see in any of the posts that I've seen that um, having the latest fancy schmancy camera and lens, mm. right, mm-hmm. is going to um, be improve your images as much as doing the stuff that I'm going to tell you to do okay. at the end of the episode. So okay. people believe at and, the and end of the episode. At, towards the end, like shortly, Val. Okay, um, shortly. <laughs> I'm setting up suspense now. I it's reckon. like a thriller, isn't okay, it? Um, yes. <laughs> and I'll go to a commercial break right now. Um, <laughs> but um, this happens a lot, and and so I'm, I'm always uh, the first to say it's not about the gear. It's no. not about the gear. But a lot of people believe that, I, I like you know, when they've got a camera that shoots in, uh, you know, higher megapixels uh, mm. with the longer lens or mm. the fancy lens. But if you don't, like we go back to, if you don't know how to peel potatoes properly, you're mm. never going to get this French fries looking good, Val. Correct. You've got to go back to the basics first. So so yes. um, this was one thing that, like, you know, if I'm looking at all the shots that I've got lots of examples here in the show notes, uh, I'm not looking at any of the shots and going, well, obviously that's because they got a new camera or this is because it's this was shot on that lens. That's not sure. what's standing out, right? Sure. Um, the other thing was uh, the environment that they worked on. So it's not when I'm looking at these images, I'm not saying, well, that was shot in a professional studio. That's why that looks so good. No, mm-hmm. don't see that. Or that was shot in this particular location. None of that matters. None yep. of those things really stood out uh, for me in these shots. Um, the other thing, Val, that you know, I could not see when I'm looking at these shots is I could not tell if they were shot with uh, high end lighting equipment Mm. or entry-level lighting gear. So uh, these guys did such an amazing job that Mm. uh, they just knowing how to position the lighting, how how close to put it and how to work with light – just will take the shots to the next level and it's not about you're not that's another thing that you're not noticing in the photos is what kind of gear so uh yeah gear to me didn't matter as much and the other final thing val Mm -hmm. is uh who was in the photo so Uh, who the photo yeah right i see didn't make a difference. So, you know, As to if whether it, it was, a, it was a, 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 you know, a, a, their development. So it's not like yes. when I started, I was photographing my best friend who just happened, you know, that I like to photograph. But now two years into my journey, I'm now working with professional models and you can see the difference. No. Yeah, yeah, a no. lot of the examples that uh, were posted uh, were that people had the, the same muse that they worked with for, the, for two years. They got their favourite models and and, yes. uh, you know, there's some great examples where it was the same and by person. Models, we mean, you know, husbands models, and children and friends. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Any 
one with a pulse. Uh, So basically, uh, and and they made the examples so much better, Val, because you could just see the transformation so well. But again, it's not about who you're photographing, where you're photographing them, and what sort of gear. So So obviously you're keeping us in suspense as to the top three ways to improve your images, but I just want to remind listeners that uh, if Gina is talking about some of the images, she's referring to some images that um, she has found that we have found uh, using the hashtag show us your pics, which you can find in the Facebook group, which you can join for free. So you want to be a photographer podcast community. However, we have also put them in the show notes. And if you want to have a look at any of the images that Jean is referring to, you don't need to. Uh, But if you do, they are in the show notes at GinaMilitia.com, which is M-I-L-I-C-I-A. So are we up to the three things yet? Yeah, let's let's break down the three things. Let's okay. put everyone out there. The suspense because it's like I'm probably not very good at it. Okay, so <laughs> uh, the first thing that made a huge difference to how everybody, uh, uh, how their shots looked and how far they developed was to get off auto and shoot in manual mode. Mm. Um, and if there's what, and if I broke it down to one thing, one thing that you could do to take your shots to the next level, it would be this, you know, shoot in manual mode because it just changes. It's just like complete game changer when it came to people's photography and, uh, you know, uh, the podcast listeners that that shared their work, you know, here's here's the the thing, you know, suddenly it's gone from the – when you're shooting in auto, I believe, the camera Mm. takes the photo for you. Mm-hmm. It's Hans who's programmed the camera, mm-hmm. Hans who is my name for the guy that photo- programs cameras universally around the world, um, mm-hmm. generic name, Hans. Uh, basically, you're pointing and shooting and the camera is deciding on the balance of the light. The camera is choosing your ISO. The camera chooses your aperture and mm-hmm. your shutter speed. The but camera also, you- also processes your file if you shoot in JPEG. So what you mm. get at the end of the shot is uh, at the end of taking the, the frame is something that the camera's decided for you. You choose the decisive moment, which is uh, where you're going to frame your person and uh, mm. that's, that's it. And so what are your thoughts on if people are shooting in aperture priority or shutter speed priority mode? So there's uh, there's training wheel uh, steps uh, that you can do. So you can you can start with uh, shooting in uh, program if you're shooting on a Canon, which allows you to shoot choose the uh, the ISO, uh, mm-hmm. and then you can go to the next step where it's uh, aperture priority, where you get to choose the aperture. So you get to uh, uh, it's and that's like having training wheels, Val, and that's a, a good way mm-hmm. to uh, like uh, an entry level into shooting in uh, manual mode. So we go through all of this in the um, in the course that we're about to do. We'll p- 
bring out Val and we, yes. we discuss all the step by step and uh, get off auto. Do, uh, we should put a link to the um, episode, uh, the podcast episode that we did because that was a, a really good one that uh, walks everyone through. If you're a bit reluctant, if you're a newbie to photography and you're really thinking of like, no, I'd like to start shooting in um, manual mode, I think that's a good episode to start with. Yep, great. Okay, so uh, number one is to shoot in manual mode. And for those people who are um, mm, have a bit of trepidation or a bit hesitant about shooting in manual mode, what are your suggestions? That you uh, – Take the plunge, Val. It's as easy as basically you set the set the camera to manual mode, and uh, you've got a uh, a light meter. When you look through the viewfinder, there's a light meter in the camera, Val. And yep. uh, basically, uh, all you want to do is uh, set your aperture to uh, wide open. Okay, so if it's uh, if it's uh, a kit lens, uh, so on an entry level camera, you want to open it up to as wide open as it will go the smallest number on 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 the on the lens so the smallest number means the least number of items in the image will be in focus so you're going to have a shallow depth of field mm-hmm. you want your background uh, but basically you decide how you want your shot to look do you want a sharp shot all the way through or do you want to have a blurry background if you want yeah, a so blurry Gina's background not saying, Gina's not saying um, if you're shooting in manual mode that you need to shoot at a low aperture she means that first of all decide which how many things that you would want in focus and that yep will then determine how you choose your aperture. And yes. she was giving an example of, um, yes. of what to have you might choose. Yep. Yeah, if it's shallow depth of field. But I think you're right. I think that episode it's on fantastic. Get Off Auto um, goes through it step by step. So uh, we will link to that in the show notes or have a look at the back catalogue and look at the one um, called Get Off Auto. And um, and that will go into much more detail on to, and, and make it easy for you to get onto manual mode. Yeah. So, but okay. I want to show, uh, like, I've got a fantastic example of just how radical the the difference in the shot can be from going from shooting in auto to shooting in manual okay. and that's a shot uh, by uh, Sharon Ryan who mm-hmm. uh, basically it's uh, the, 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 sh- the shoots uh, two shots at uh, like two years apart and in shot in exactly the same location and mm-hmm. uh, the the bottom image is of her husband uh, taken two years ago shot on automatic the camera has selected the aperture ISO shutter speed uh, for Sharon and so basically we've got a shot of her husband who like lovely smile it, like everything looks good I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the shot Okay, until mm-hmm. you compare it to what she did two years later when she shot in manual mode, whole different shot because suddenly the the second image that she shot, Val, where the background is uh, of trees and a fence, it like, lo- looks like it was shot in a backyard and mm. the husband, there's so much going on in the frame that mm. it's – 
it's like you're looking at everything at once. So you're seeing yeah. the trees, then you're looking at the face, and uh, the, the, it's not really um, – uh, you, you can't tell who the hero of the shot is. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. When Sharon's shot in manual mode, what she's done is she's shot this – it's a portrait, so she's thrown her background out of focus by shooting wide open. She's focused on the eyes. Uh, she's also uh, done uh, – uh, like the the lighting is slightly different in that he's a little bit backlight, so there's a little bit mm. of light in the hair which separates him from the background. Yeah, great. And whole different ball game. Fantastic. Val. Just really. stands out amazing. So what yep. a difference shooting in manual mode, just like that, just that one little change, big, big difference. Whole great. world difference. Well done, Sharon. So... Um, the next thing, Val, mm-hmm. to uh, take your shots to the next level across the board that I saw in uh, all the examples that were posted is get your flash off the camera. Okay. So big, big difference. So when you're working with uh, lighting, uh Using uh, a flash on camera, again, is going to do a really adequate job. In fact, a really good job. I think Hans, who's programmed the flash and the cameras, <laughs> has done an exceptional job. The technology that has gone in this, you've got to, like, congratulate Hans on this because it's, it's pretty cool. So, basically, yes. the flash uh, and the camera work together. They talk to each other. It's Dave and Tony, I think, and they communicate and the <laughs> communicating the whole time that you're shooting. So Dave's going back off, back off. The, the sun's gone out. The, the sun's come back, you know, in again. It's a bit brighter. Drop your flash a little bit, Dave. Got it, got it, Tony. That's good. They're communicating the whole time, Val. And basically yes. uh, the camera's like uh, the flash sends out like a little pre-flash and it'll hit the person that you're um, uh, wanting to photograph and it sort of feels around on their face and gets a sense of the light and yes. then sends that light beam back to Dave and Tony who go, oh, okay, it's uh, this much. Dave, get your calculator out. They do the math. They calculate it. But this is all done in a split second. So respect. Respect the camera and the flash for their ability to do that. I don't want to bag them because they do a very good job. You don't want to bag Dave and Tony. Dave and Tony because like okay. I respect them and when I'm shooting events mm-hmm. and I'm shooting stuff very fast it's Dave and Tony who's who come with me I don't have the flash off camera there's no time all right so, all if right. so, so I love if, that if somebody wants to do that and they've never done flash off camera before and they would like to implement these top three ways to improve their photography what would be their starter thing to do to be the first thing to do in terms of flash off camera so basically you need you need a uh, a flash and uh, a trigger system that uh, so that you can have a way for your camera to communicate with your flash when it's off the camera okay so it's like a little telephone that they can call each other up dave 
Tony, you're so <laughs> far away. Now we're going to like communicate to each other. So basically what I recommend to photographers starting out with shooting with flash off camera is get themselves a little, a speed light um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, a really good one that I recommend as a good starting point to test the waters is the Yongnuo system for about a hundred bucks. You Great. can set yourself up and then if it's something that you really love doing and you want to do more of, you probably want to, you might want to buy another one. And there's some people that have then gone out and bought three uh, flashes. Mm. And so for three or $400, you can kit yourself out with a, a, a very good kit. And then from there, you might want to uh, branch out and get some sort of uh, light modifier, which is something that controls the light. So Val, I think at the end of this episode, I'm going to post links to uh, the podcast that we've done on mm-hmm. all these topics. So we'll do a, like a top three ways, a summary, uh, okay. a summary of the links to, to each of the podcasts. <laughs> So Great. that, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good way to go. So, so um, basically learning how to get your flash off camera when you get your flash off camera and shoot in that way, it mm-hmm. really makes uh, a huge difference to uh, how the shots look. And uh, we can see that... Um, uh, Keith Mackey has uh, posted a couple of shots uh, th- like where he's uh, done a, a portrait uh, of a little girl where he's just used um, uh, available light and uh, great shot. But then he's got right next to it the shot where he's uh, posted of uh, a young uh, young man and uh, balanced his uh, uh, flash off camera with the uh, surrounds he's got like a spectacular sky it's, he's got yeah, uh, it's it just like it suddenly it's chalk and cheese like what yeah. a huge difference and, and this he, is what it does when you you know absolutely you just have so much more flexibility as well because i know that there are a lot of photographers who only want to shoot with available light um just because they feel safe with that uh but uh, it, it just gives you yeah way more flexibility when you if you can um uh take the time to see what you can do with flash off camera doesn't it exactly and uh there's a great uh uh series that uh, Kerry Setch posted uh, where she's uh, got her uh, image two years ago which is a a corporate looking portrait uh, and she's actually posted no dook, no ping, no double dook Mm. so she's referring Mm. to an episode (laughs) I did about uh, balancing uh, daylight with uh, flash uh, where Mm. I was talking about adding that little dook of light so basically when I'm talking about lighting uh, a portrait I expose for the overall scene and get that looking right in camera. I'll take a test shot. Everything will look great. And then I'm just adding a little dook of light, just a little pop of light into the uh, the model's face just to bring them out from the background. And uh, it just cleans it up. And, and so, um, you know, Kerry was saying that two years ago she thought that the shots she was doing, she was very happy with them. But then uh, she's now taken her uh, flash off camera and she's really uh, learning how to uh, work with uh, flash and modifier and, uh, of, you know, the, the, the stuff she's doing is uh, just in, incredible. It's just looking amazing and it's just like subtle small little shifts and uh it like a world apart the two shots it's just incredible so exciting fantastic yeah so um 
The next one, Val, is the third and final that I think really stood out and I think that is uh, a, a thing that's well worth learning, makes a big difference to how your shots look, is to learn post-production mm. yeah, techniques. Right. So and I think it's really important. if you had important. to pick one post-production app, what would it be? Okay, so um, if I was uh, starting out as a photographer today, I would start with Lightroom just because I think it is uh, um, so you can get do so much with Lightroom uh, and it's uh, non-destructive, which means that like uh, anything you do that a file isn't going to affect uh, the original file. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it, 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 I think it... it it's got all these flaws that people don't like about it, but I just think for the ease of use as for a beginner to get into it, um, I think it's the perfect uh, the perfect uh, software to start start out okay, with. Okay, fantastic. And I think we're <laughs> going to do some more. Uh, I think yes, I'll teach some you some Lightroom uh, tutorials. <laughs> yes, yes, where we we we've got to work out a way to share our screen so we can do that, yes. and uh, I can teach you some Lightroom, and hopefully that uh, will help everyone else out there yes, and well. do some workshops we'll with that. So, you, yep. so and and you can see. Uh, also in a lot of the uh, examples that were posted that uh, just the ability to um, take uh, their post-production to the next level, learning how to um, adjust uh, skin tone slightly, how to bring in uh, a little bit more uh, detail in shadows and uh, rescue highlights uh, and uh, sharpen images, uh, make the eyes stand out like uh, William Kilo's posted some great examples where, you know, the first shot uh, of his son uh, at the beach two years ago, uh, straight, like a nice, uh, happy portrait, you know, nice, happy snap. Uh, but then you see uh, the work that he's done uh, two years later and it's, it's just a whole other level, don't you think, Val? Mm, absolutely, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so he's really taken and, and you can see uh, the, uh, the amount of work that he's put into his post-production and I, and I think, you know, post-production so really can uh, make your work, uh, the post-production really can make your work look uh, far more professional and mm. it really uh, gives you the edge um, over other photographers because your work really does uh, stand out if you're oh, learning how to expose. Before and after, just chalk and cheese, aren't they? They're aren't just they? so, they're, it's just I just so love cool. them. Mm, so oh, and, cool. Uh, really good uh, use of black and white as well and, uh, and, and suddenly um, you go from from taking uh, a snapshot to really thinking through the whole process. So mm. there's the, the choice of how you want your background to look, how you oh. want your entire shot to look. Then yep. you determine uh, whether you want to add light to the shot. You change the entire mood of the shot altogether. Yep. And then you really uh, go to town when you, you you choose to do your own post-production. You can completely change it and make it, your own so all those three things how you use uh that your lens choice uh and and how you uh shoot the shot how you use your lighting valve and then how you post process 
um, yes. suddenly it becomes like something that is your shot and uh, unique to you. You've got a, a style about it and uh, this can all be done with those three techniques which have nothing to do really with the fancy camera, no. the models that you're shooting. So, you know, it doesn't – whoever it happens to be available in the family, uh, there's people who are using uh, their dogs as uh, pets as well. We get lots of fantastic <laughs> pet shots yes. as well. I just wanted to see there was a great um, before and after. So Amanda Paris uh, yes. posted uh, Golden Hour uh, from June 2015 to uh, oh, a golden hour uh, with a blogs uh, 2016. So, so basically, Val? Yeah, so basically there's a shot at the, the, the a year ago, there's yeah. a shot of uh, a doggy in the grass in the park and it is golden hour, so I'm imagining about five. 5 p.m. or I don't know, sometime. Yeah. Well, it depends the, where you are. Yeah, it depends where you are, when when the sun is soon to set. And so it's that lovely golden light. And in the a year ago shot, it's still a nice shot, but the, the, the light is coming from camera left and um, and lighting the doggy on one side. But, on, uh, but uh, one year later, there's another doggy and it's just amazing. It's like straight out of a calendar or something, isn't, isn't it? it? It's amazing. It's and so, the, yeah. The sun is... Is coming through the trees behind the doggy, mm. and um, and there's just these rays bursting through the trees, and it just looks. Uh, uh, but 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 the background is out of um, is blurry, whereas yes. there's more that's sharp in the uh, before shot, so to speak. So the hero of the shot really stands out in the one year later shot. Yeah, and she's also, Amanda has changed the angle that she shot at. So in yes. the first shot, she's done a typical, like, you know, when you just start shooting, uh, people uh, tend to keep their camera sort of up high, mm. uh, close to their eye, basically, at that angle. Yes. And yes. there isn't a lot of crouching that happens when people start shooting for some reason. So yes. uh, this was shot uh, directly above the dog, which yes. is great, uh, but there wasn't a lot of thought, uh, that, 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 you know, at this point that went into where the sun was positioned. It did, like it's a beautiful portrait the, 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 from a year ago. It's like the dog's smiling. I love the way dogs smile. Um, but with a little bit of thought and slight shift of camera angle and a little mm. bit of thought as to where the sun is and that shift in uh, aperture whole other ball game you just yeah. go wow it's just like it, it, it and, and i'll talk about this a lot what is it that's going to make people stop when they see an image because we've got like but thousands and thousands of images that we're getting hit with every day in our social feeds that people are looking at all the time what can you do to uh what can you put into the images that's going to make your images stand out that makes people stop and want to look at them and it was like you know all about capturing the feeling and uh, interpreting the shot um, the way that you want it to look and it's just mm. those little things that Amanda has done having the sun behind having you know and, and if I was to critique this as a judge in a photography competition Amanda you would probably lose mm -hmm. and I'm so glad you would because look, this shot has got so much feeling in mm. it that that's to me is what is important and this is the thing that I encourage uh, all, 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 all the people that I work with to do put the feeling in it don't don't worry mm. about letting the highlights blow out and things like that because that, to me, is uh, a killer, killer shot. Stunning. 
Yeah. Stunning. So um, the um, other one, uh, other series of shots that I want to uh, show is uh, from uh, Andrew uh, McNamara, who um, – <laughs> His uh, journey, like I've only known him for less than a year, and uh, I, he actually bought one of my lenses. So we mm. met Luke. I told him, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he went and listened to it. He ended up coming on the tour, joining the community. Uh, Sicily, yes. He joined the community, and he was just literally just starting out, but he's posted some amazing examples. Oh, uh, yeah. so he, he's got a, like a family portrait. They must be friends of his because he's got the family family portrait that he's done sort of like a year ago where it's mm-hmm. like pretty straightforward shot, snapshot, everything's in focus, lovely yes. photo. Lovely, but then yes. he's got the same version as a lifestyle photo where oh, he's so down good. low, he's behind the little girl who's running to the – but this is a killer shot, Andrew. Killer. It's just so, Absolutely so good. Everything about it, he's thrown the background out of focus. Mm. He's used uh, – I'm pretty sure this is all shot with daylight, but he's – controlled the look and the feel of the shot there's action in the shot because he's got the girl running to the parents so he's tracking her he's tracking Mm. the little girl from behind he's down low so he's captured it from the uh, little girl's perspective and Mm. uh and then he's got the parents uh you know out of focus in the shot the girl is the hero what a magic shot what a fantastic what a perfect lifestyle shot love it um and then uh, Andrew's also uh, gone ahead and uh, done some amazing things by freezing motion with his hockey shots and uh, and then also a killer shot of his nonno where he's uh, – because he's a Sicilian boy where oh. he's uh, captured uh, he, his, uh, his grandfather with uh, just a little dook of light, but he's really controlled the look and the feel of the shot by dropping down the ambience of the background. So- and uh, the- and yeah, sorry, keep going. Uh, the dro- dropping down the, um, the, 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 the the ambience of the background, putting a bit of a hair light in to separate, and then just that little spot of light on the face, and then. Uh, so Andrew's covered all three things in a year, like the controlling, uh, getting, shooting in manual mode, so controlling his uh, depth of field, shutter speed, ISO, getting his flash off camera, and then he's worked really hard with his post-processing to give his shots uh, a, a unique look and feel and capture and his style. As Andrew has said in his uh, when he posted these shots, this is Andrew, to use it to EV reality show parlor, it's been a journey and he says this was one of my very first photos when I st- when I started after buying a camera in December and giving photography a real crack and then deciding to start my own business to meeting some crazy lady off Gumtree named Gina <laughs> now Gumtree is like Craigslist who mentioned <laughs> who mentioned she had a podcast about photography huh sure mate every man and his dog has a podcast Oh, wait, this is actually good. <laughs> Flash forward to booking my first couple of gigs, then another, then another. Boom, spending a week in Sicily with said crazy lady from Gumtree and having my mind blown many times over to now creating images that other people want on their wall. It's an awesome feeling and it is with thanks to this humble little podcast and a good nudge from that crazy lady who I now realise actually makes sense. 
<laughs> well done, Andrew. Fantastic. Yes, it's fantastic, fantastic journey. <laughs> yeah, so that goes to show. And uh, just um, how are we going for time, Val? We, uh, so just uh, to finish up on um, the, the, the journey, there's another great uh, shot from uh, Andre who uh, has like – What's fantastic about his example is it's the same model, same mm. setup. Yes. But the, the, yes. You know, so I think the model's his wife, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I hope it is now that I've said that. <laughs> um, but he's used uh, the same background. Uh, so he's got uh, his uh, model who's a blonde lady on a uh, black background, background uh, three-quarter horizontal uh, setup. Uh, yeah. So the first shot from a one and a half years ago, I remember when he posted it in the group, I thought that's great portrait, beautiful lighting, but then, oh, my God, oh. cranked it up a few hundred levels yeah. and uh, he's uh, really tweaked his light and he's really worked on his post-production and editing yeah. and the, like the second shot that he's taken just recently is, oh, my God, wow. Fantastic. Excellent. And I know that some people might say, oh, the difference is the makeup in this lady, but no. even it, it's not. It is the lighting for sure. It's definitely the lighting um, mm. that makes the difference. So, um He's added uh, several lights uh, to this shot and it's like a very flat uh, style of lighting uh, that I I talk about a lot uh, when you're shooting beauty and uh, this is how I would define this genre or even uh, uh, headshots uh, for for everyone. Um, What's really good is if you try and have your lighting um, really flat so that there's nowhere for shadows to be created. Mm. Uh, So if you have your light set at a slight angle, Val, or slightly from above, you're going to cast shadows. Um, and you can see that with uh, with, the, with the, his first example where he's got the uh, the lighting set slightly offside, which was a traditional way that uh, portraits are lit, so it gives yes. uh, the face a bit of sculpting and modelling, but it also capture, catches all the uh, little grooves in the face and, uh, and causes contrast, which uh, can be ageing to the face. Um, and uh, not as flattering as the style that he's now uh, developed, which is flat, uh, flat on, lots of light pumping into the face, beautiful control, beautiful post-production. And I have to say, I'd say he's also worked on his um, how he's uh, speaking to his models as well because it's just uh, – She's really nailing her pose and focus there. She's really um, connected with the camera. So, mm, absolutely. So, three simple ways to improve your photography. Number one, shoot in manual mode. And uh, in the show notes, we will link to that episode about get off auto. Number two, get flash off camera. And we will we'll also link to previous episodes where we're talking about um, how to how to get off you know get off um get flash off camera and also number three learn post-production and i think baby steps start small uh in the very first instance there are free trials i think with lightroom so you don't have to invest a lot of money to 30 days yep to give it a go yeah just uh get lightroom for free in your free trial and um make sure you join gina's newsletter which you can do that at ginamilitia.com because from time to time, Gina releases free Lightroom presets. Mm-hmm. And with one click of the button, you can transform your images to a whole range of different 
different looks. Uh, they're, they're pretty awesome. So, yeah, until we chat again, what are you doing, Gina? Um, I've got a big shoot that I'm uh, about to head off on, so it lo- looks like a big 10-day shoot, Val. Oh, my goodness, so that's going to be yes, busy. busy, 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 busy. So you? And, oh, goodness me, it's just at the end of the year and it's the silly yep. season coming up, so there are a lot of engagements and yep. functions but also a lot of things that we need to finish before the end of the year. So it is quite a crazy time of year and yep. I'm really looking forward to having a little break Um after yep. Christmas. So mm. um, what is hashtag Gina challenge for this week? Because uh, while you think about that, if you're new to us every week, we have hashtag Gina challenge and then it's hashtag some kind of topic. Now that topic might be black and white. It might be, you know, a bokeh. It might be um, a focus. It might be whatever. And uh, you can interpret that topic however you like. And what we do, we upload into the Facebook group and into the God community, whatever. Our, our interpretation of that topic is. And in fact, that's what this week's episode was inspired by. Hashtag mm. Gina Challenge was hashtag show us your pics, as in your pics from before uh, when you started listening to the podcast and now. So this week, uh, hashtag Gina Challenge is going to be. My one thing, Val. My oh, one thing. Okay. Yep. Hashtag yep. my one thing. What do you mean? Yep. I, I know we're well, saying. What's, what's do... your one thing? One Nothing thing. So more. I've given you three ways to improve your images. Give me one in a shot that you've done. So it's just like if there's one thing that you can do that, that's going to change the images, like you shoot in manual or you've right. got or, or, flash or it could camera. Be you, the or... one thing that you like to do, you know, yes. whether it's improving whatever. your images or, or not, it's whatever your one thing is to do with photography. Exactly. So, We'd love to see what your response is and make sure you ping us on social media. Where do we find you online, Gina? So I'm at ginamilitia.com. So that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A and also on Instagram at ginamilitia and at ginamilitia on Twitter, Val. Fantastic. And you can find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also in uh, the Facebook group and the Gold community. So make sure you drop by and say hi. And uh, thanks so much for listening, everyone. And we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.